today is the world of ideas it is the ideas which drive business okay not the business that drives ideas if you have a compelling idea you have the will to succeed you have the same deep sense of commitment money will follow you we got a plenty of people sitting out there with startup funds with venture capital who are looking for such people who have that spark in their eyes this is episode number 118 of the inspiring talk with nepal's only billionaire dr binod Chaudhary. Welcome back inside yet another episode of the Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm your host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. I am very excited for my guest today, Dr. Binod Chaudhary. Dr. Binod is Nepal's only Forbes listed billionaire. He is often referred to as a noodle king. Binod Chaudhary is the man behind the widely popular YY Noodles. The noodle company from the small landlocked country today has 20% market share in Indian noodles market and 3% in the world. The company sells over 10 million packets of noodles. every single day cg corp global the enterprise dr binod runs along with his three sons comprises of 160 companies and 123 brands across the verticals in 27 countries across the globe in this episode we discuss things like how dr binod was able to grow the company in the midst of maoist insurgency in nepal how he turns failures into bigger opportunities the way he thinks about dreams this is the story of a person who continued to dream bigger let's welcome dr binod chaudhary dr chaudhary welcome to the show thank you vijay it's really amazing to see or rather being in conversation with someone who come from Nepal and more importantly part of Nepal which is so close to my heart but that's where you know my life uh, revolves well done so dr chaudhary you have written your biography and let's say if your life was turned into a movie where would it begin well uh, actually you'll be surprised i've received multiple proposals to convert that into a movie i'm sure not only within nepal but also from someone who's done multilingual production between hollywood india and nepal you know my life has been very very colorful yeah okay absolutely no question about it you know from a school going boy in a public bus to yeah. a sarkari school to operating a to a discotheque to trying to go to mumbai to the bollywood for becoming a charter accountant not an arc i've been i've faced uh, some of the most dramatic uh, situations in my life you know uh, when we were doing the book my co-author sudeep thought that chilly incidents mm. was a very 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 interesting yeah. incidents 
which gives a sort of a goosebump to the readers and that's from where my book starts yeah probably that may not be a very bad idea you know mm-hmm. maybe 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 life should start from there earthquake in chile yeah. or or even even lot of people whoever talk to me about my my book you know they talk to me about that they particularly like the sequence where i as a child you know with a empty tub up with a tire of a bicycle yeah. i'm playing with it and i go on rolling it mm. and i reach the airport without knowing yeah you know that's how we used to be as kids you mm. know even my trist with the uh, sri lanka i mean mm. where i landed up you know i wanted to open a hotel in nepal yeah. i landed up doing a hotel in the midst of uh, the crisis midst of terrorism mm. six aircrafts were bombed at the sri lanka airport while i was there wow and still i decided to invest so what it was probably the most radical decision that anybody would ever make somebody else would have just found a way of escaping from that place absolutely and that's where i saw the opportunity mm. so i think life is full of climax <laughs> anti climax yeah what makes life interesting is not to go the conventional path it is to go completely out of the way mm. and think out out a box yeah that's what gives advantage to people like us who come from a small country yeah otherwise who's going to take notice of yours in this huge crowd absolutely and it's interesting that you earlier mentioned about uh, insurgency in the north east and uh, so what you have learned about challenges uh, you know going through these difficult whether that's from policy whether that's from the political condition whether that's from the everything being against you and still you continued growing so what did you learn from those you know phases in your life no you're absolutely right i mean my life has been full of challenges and even challenges which i didn't did not deserve it normally wouldn't have happened yeah okay it was a blend of jealousy factor it was a factor of the syndrome of pulling the leg you know which is common yeah. in south asia and, and and also probably my own ambition mm. to be very candid my own ambition that uh, i want to do far too many things in far short period of time i want to change mm. I don't want to get I want to change don't want to change myself I want to change the enabling environment the environment where I operate okay and that's a tough call yeah I tried to change FNCCI when I was FNCCI president okay from going to the director general's office of industry ministry of industry and waiting outside is to be with a room to creating a situation where heads of the government would come and call on the business leaders mm-hmm. I must admit that my own ambitions and my own doing things which is probably perceived by most people as beyond their radar in terms mm. of thinking gets me into trouble all the time <laughs> and I think that's uh, that's fair to say that's with the entrepreneurs right uh, where you know they think beyond what can political leaders or the policy of the country can comprehend and uh, you know what they think should be the boundary and here are entrepreneurs saying that we're going to push this boundary we're going to go beyond that we're going to push the limit right and the same goes uh, true with you as well while uh, you know nepal's policy does not allow nepalese to go out and invest uh, outside of the country but here is an entrepreneur who figured out a way to uh, to do it 
absolutely i wouldn't take no for an answer hmm because i'm i'm convinced that what i'm doing is right now if that requires a change in legislature that requires change in the way of people think and if that requires taking certain radical decisions which people would find it easy to sabotage even taking the risk that it involves mm. that's me yeah <laughs> i think that's me mm. i think to have unconventional scale of success or or or, or achieving things which does not come conventionally you have to do unconventional things that's what is life is all about in your book you mention when you started as an industrialist you have uh, neither you were neither prepared for it nor had the educational background so that was from the context that uh, you know you don't have educational background maybe you did not went to harvard very i was a very good student though i topped the school that's why i always maintain and i would like to repeat again that good students don't necessarily come out or the best students do not necessarily come out of the best b school they can come out from a very ordinary school yeah okay there are good teachers in ordinary schools including sarkari schools mm-hmm. very committed teachers and there are very bright students you know in very ordinary schools a combination of the two you know gives outstanding yeah. uh, quality of excellence in education uh, and in training so anyway leave it as it may yes you are right i went to a very ordinary school my means were limited okay when i joined the business my father had was building there were lots of issues it was we did not i did not inherit a big organization of people professionals you know so it was on me so i was not totally prepared as an organization or uh, and i did not inherit a platform which was ready to take that big leap yeah. so it was a, i had the challenge of not only carving out my own the groups or families business destiny but also i had the challenge of also building the building blocks and creating that enabling environment and supporting system in terms of people yeah. manpower as well as capital so that's what it uh, probably means and uh, and you have already said that i don't take no as an answer or for any failure what i've also got a sense from uh, when i was reading your book was if there is one failure then you have this uncanny ability to move on to next thing which usually is the bigger and better for instance the the whole thing about uh, you know losing the election of fnccci which is the chamber uh, of nepal that's the moment when you decided okay what well, guess what now what i'm going to do is i'm going to take cz to the global scale now i'm going to expand do you agree that you know that those kind of failures had always uh, you know helped you to pivot into something i first of all i take the failures as a temporary setback mm. it really not failures yeah okay that strengthens my courage and my determination to try it harder and try it make it bigger you are absolutely right and i'm i'm really fascinated to hear how well you've studied understood me and my to this book yes when i lost fncci election which was all rigged and i did not deserve i transformed that organization okay everybody says that now i did two things a i resolved i thought that that was a god sent time for me to take cg to the next level take it to the global frontiers but sometimes i did not leave my war with 
changing of the policy environment and lobbying capability as a business institution, Apex. And I started, on one hand, I gave them back a tough fight and my candidate won again, Anand Mulmi. Mm-hmm. But same times, I felt that this organization has become too polluted, too political. Okay, the, it cannot de- deliver its mandate. We have to create a professionally driven organization, and that's how we created CNI, hmm. like CII here. Yeah, and we were very successful. And today, I'm sure if you are following Nepal and Nepal's social media, CNI is has emerged as the most premier and respected organization, less least controversial, least political for providing business input to the country. That's really great, and. You went on to invest uh, in Taj Group of hotels in in different parts of the world, um, and you know the way you have expanded to creating your own brand of hotel across the globe, which is really amazing. Um, but also, you talk a lot about negotiation, and on negotiation table, you say that you know always don't sound too needy, and at the same time, also make sure that you don't lose the deal as well, right? So the context that I'm trying to bring here is of the context of Taz Lands End, and I have stayed at that property, and it's beautiful, it's amazing, and and you had the opportunity to invest in that, but for whatever reason, you were not able to do that, right? So what was the biggest takeaway uh, when you look back at that? Uh, you know that you have learned from not going out and you know uh, taking the deal of something like you know Taz Lands. I think you you. Put it very well that you got to you don't show anxiety or too much of desperation when you are negotiating a deal. Yeah, yeah. A, mm. that's true. Mm. B, you push the other side to a level that they don't live leave the table. Mm. Okay, that's that's where your skill comes. Mm. Okay, and that's where your knowledge base comes. That's where positioning yourself comes. But sometimes if you push that too hard. Okay, that's exactly what happened in the case of Lanzen. It was a mistake. Mm-hmm. You need to know exactly when you stop pushing too hard and accept mm. accept a compromise and also give in something. Yeah, I think that's I've made such mistakes many times. Yeah, in hindsight, I've lost some very very interesting deals mm. for very small bargain. Okay. And and I have no hesitation in admitting that despite I call myself a deal maker, mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't be sitting in this position if I was not a good deal maker. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say greatest deal maker, but I'm a good deal maker. Okay, but even good deal makers have to realize that there is there could be somebody who's a better deal maker than you. Yeah, <laughs> on the other side. So you got to be you got to be cognizant and. You got to be conscious of where you want to draw a line. Really interesting. So um, the uh, other thing was, and one of the talks, uh, you know, that you have given, you say, hey, uh, you know, um, um, when it comes to dreaming big, you were talking at this event and mentioned about dreaming big, and at the same time, if you believe in your dreams and if you really dream big, resources will follow. And if you think about, uh, especially from like I have grown up, like I remember when I was a kid, to you know telling my mom that mom, I have seen my dad work really hard. When I grow up, I don't want to work for anyone. Like I want to do things on my own. And uh, she would reply saying that you know for you to start a business, you need money. 
I have heard my say dad say it over and over again that hey, you know what? If you want to start something, you need money, you need resources. Then only you can think about business. And I'm sure that's the conditioning that a lot of people in India, in Nepal, or in you know in our part of the world. While on the other side, like you know, people like you, uh, you know, all you see is the opportunity. And also, like I uh, started with literally zero, right? And and maybe I, I'll just like we are on a path. Uh, and I'm I'm convinced that when you just go ahead and do it, everything you know falls in place. So could you elaborate a bit on 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 that aspect for the people who are? No, you're absolutely right. You know, I don't personally believe that because you have money, okay, because you have money and uh, because you're financially strong, you can make it make it into a successful businessman. Mm. Had that been the case, the saying that goes that most business houses completely collapse. Yeah, and finish after the third generation. Mm. First generation struggles. Second generation consolidates. Third generation destroys it. They, what they do is destroy. They destroy money made by their forefathers, parents. Their, so it's not money. I think it is. Business is all about that fire in you and that deep sense of commitment in you that I'm not going to lose. Losing means. Hell of a lot on the table. It's not like working for somebody else and just leaving, you know, getting fired or putting in a resignation. Mm. When you want to start something on your own, okay, you have to be prepared to work ten times more harder, demonstrate ten times more sense of commitment because you've got your life, your existence, your future depends on that. And if you have these qualities, and now this is where I come. Mm. If you have these qualities plus a winning idea, mm. today is the world of ideas. Mm. It is the ideas which drive business. Okay, not the business that drives ideas. Mm. If you have a compelling idea, you have the will to succeed. You have the same deep sense of commitment. Money will flow, follow you. You got plenty of people sitting out there with startup funds. With venture capital, who are looking for such people who have that spark in their eyes, you know, look at the last twenty years of the economic corporate world. Yeah. Not only Nepal or not only India or the U.S. or anywhere in the world, you will find that at least eighty percent of the businessmen who have made it to that position are all first timers. They come from non-business background. Number two. Most of them have not gone to top B school, Harvard, Wharton, Oxford, or what have you. Number four, they do not have; they did not have the money in their pocket. Mm. And what you find common among all of them was they were able to come up with some disruptive idea, which changed the world. You talk of Steve Jobs, you talk of Bill Gates, you talk of anybody for that matter. You talk of John Com, John Com of the WhatsApp. Yeah. You know, you got to have that one winning idea, and yeah. that idea is there. And today, particularly, is a word of connectivity. Mm. The digital world, okay, the technology has finished the global boundaries of where you are. Okay, it doesn't matter. Mm. You may be able to do the same thing which somebody sitting in Silicon Valley is thinking, mm. sitting here. Or back home in Sunwal in Kathmandu in Nepal, okay. It's all about the power of idea. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And which takes me to the point that when you started the biscuit company and to produce biscuits, you had the flour mills and it produced flour, uh, which is way more than what is being used to produce the biscuit. And you look for an opportunity to use that flour where I can use that. And you go, you go to Thailand and here's this guy who says that, hey, do you really want to, you know, do this noodle thing? The minimum capacity is 30,000 packets a day, you know, and, and then your instinct says that, hey, I would be able to obviously easily sell like this 30,000 packets. And I think we are at where 1.5 million a day today, right? No, we are 3 billion now, uh, worldwide. On a, yeah, 3 billion, you know. 3 billion packets a year, Yeah, which is, uh, I think, 1 million, uh, makes it, yeah, about close to 1 million a day. Yeah, which is almost 3% in the global noodle, and, and that's insane, and 20% in the Indian market, right? One, not 1 million, 10 million a day. Yeah, 10 million a day. And uh, there was this guy who doubted for 30,000, and here you are, believing. And also, you had no market study. You did not do any of those, you know, any... No, my, my, my feasibility came from the baggage belt up Tribune and International Airport. Yeah, where Nepalese walking abroad were, uh, you know, taking packets of the noodles to the different part of the world, right? How did you develop this instinct? Is this something that comes when you do it over and over again? Or, you know, sometime that also leads to failure and you are okay with that? How does that work? You know, I think now I need to be uh, candid. I need to be honest. I think that is a great entrepreneur is someone who has great gut feel mm. about what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. If the big B schools made people into an entrepreneur, this country will be, this world will be full of entrepreneurs. Okay. Yet the big schools, good schools can make you into a great manager, mm. a great executor, okay, a great strategist. But they don't necessarily make you into an entrepreneur. This is my my own conviction. Mm. If you are already an entrepreneur and if you also get to go to a good business school, it it sharpens your skills. It improves your network and it helps you to do things better. That's Or, or it also adds your CV will become more attractive and maybe there are more people who are attracted to you. That's a different story. Mm. So my point is, whether it is the gut feel about noodle or having taken a plunge when Sri Lanka was on fire or having gone to Northeast to sell noodle when, you know, there were, there were insurgents also seeking taxes on one side. On the other side, the government was seeking taxes. Playing in that work, walking in that very tight rope without hurting either side or building, building a conglomerate in Nepal in, in a situation which you know as a Nepali where we have 25 governments in 26 years' time. Okay, that kind of a political uncertainty. All this requires tremendous amount of entrepreneurial fire and entrepreneurial guts. You make mistakes. You know, many times I've done that. I've already admitted it. I've written it very candidly. Okay, but most of the time, mm. a great idea coupled with that fire that I've talked about in terms of execution and the approval, attitude that I'm not going to lift the table. I'm not going to let it go without achieving it. You yourself asked the question that when you go wrong or things go don't go right, what do you do? I put in double the effort. Mm. I think bigger. Yeah. I think if one particular route has not worked, I think of 10 different 
routes of getting there. There, there is not only one rule to success. So when you started, I'm sure it was about money. But I'm sure at this point of time, it's not about money anymore because you don't have to worry about that. In my case, it was not about money alone. Money, I because I did not have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Neither I felt that I wanted to. I started with the notion that I want to accumulate X lakh or X crore. Okay, that has that somehow, believe me or not, has never been in my mind ever. I wanted to do achieve what my dad could not achieve. You know, in in the, in the league of that generation, I set a goal to build a corporate of Nepal which will stand out as a well-run, respectable, credible house of businesses which people will aspire and respect. Absolutely. Okay. Then I wanted to start a global multinational, a multinational which is headquartered in Nepal. These were all very difficult and tall claims. Of course, money was a fuel. But money was not the end goal. The end goals were these objectives which were very clearly engraved in my mind. So what drives you today? Well, I think I have uh, two uh, very clearly defined uh, goals in my life. A, I would like corporate to go beyond the three generation, okay, which I think it will. Yeah. Because we're trying to put the building blocks in such a way mm. that individual individual incompetencies is not going to impact the whole system. The machine has to work. If some particular, one particular piece of that machine doesn't work, that machine should get thrown out. Okay, the machine cannot be stopped. Yeah. The second thing that drives me that I really want to see a change in my country. I want to see that youth like you will have so much to do in Nepal, so much of opportunities in Nepal, without any taking all that all those pains, without suffering, without going to king doors and doors for recommendations yeah. and pleading and you know, greasing the system. You know, it should come the natural way. We have such beautiful Nepalese population worldwide, well-educated, smart, willing to work hard. It is their time, it is their chance to come back to Nepal and to put together, you know, a Nepal that we have always dreamt of, you know. Yeah. So that's what is my wish and my desire and my dream. I will continue to do what I can to achieve that. I'll be successful or not. Destiny alone can say. But that's what is my priority on the table at the moment. Beautiful. It's interesting that Nepal's former king, Gyanendra, said that Vinod is a ruthless and shrewd businessman. And which to which you interestingly responded, saying that shrewdness, word being used for a businessman, is a good thing. It is. It is. You don't expect a businessman to be a fool. Uh, you know, you will put your thriving business house into samples and lose what your generations have built. Yeah. You need to be shrewd. Shrewd is not being cunning, yeah. by the way. Mm. I, I think people need to understand. I think shrewdness is having a reasonably balanced head on your shoulder and knowing what to do at a difficult moment. Not to get swayed. Not to get emotionally mm. carried away. Yeah. Although, I doubt if he said that in that same spirit, but I take that as a compliment. <laughs> the other thing which is clearly visible throughout your book, Making It Big, is leveraging the power of network. You know, the way 
you know, using the using the power of network to whether that's expanding the business, whether that's partnering with people, whether that's you know getting resources together, and especially for the young people. And I have experienced this, by the way, myself because with this podcast, I get to meet so many interesting people, and I have realized it has helped me tremendously in my own career because this really connect a lot of dots for me that I need. Uh, you know, in in my own journey, and I have seen the same in your path as well, where you know a lot of dots connected, right? So, is there any tips that you want to give for the people, maybe young entrepreneurs who are looking? Because what I see is when they get to you know know some people, it's always about like, hey, you know what? What this person can help me with, and just go and start asking before adding value to that person, right? So, is there any 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 tips on those lines that you want to give to the young entrepreneurs, who, especially with regards to networking and connecting with the people? You know, I'm a firm believer. that one of the key to having extraordinary success is to be with the right people at the right time okay mm. with the right people at the right time in the right place it's a very important combination and this combination just doesn't fall from the sky mm. you got to work for it mm-hmm. okay number 1 number 2 no relationship no relationship yeah will last or no relationship will go to the next level particularly if you are talking about your network with somebody who's achieved something in life yeah who's important unless he sees value in that relationship with you okay because he all the time he or she will come across people who want something from him how do you communicate a message that look it's a mutually rewarding relationship they may be in the field of doing things you like culture art crafts business money anything it's a lot of there's a lot of give and take in a relationship you got to be able to respect that mm-hmm. okay you got to be able to handle that relationship and be very sh- careful that you are there's nothing wrong i would say in using that relationship for mutual good but you should not abuse that relationship yeah so i think i think i have no hesitation in admitting that whatever i am today to a large extent is also with my skills of networking mm-hmm. okay and that networking skill is uh, significantly uh, gets uh, sort of the uh, energy you know energy or recognition or a unique distinction because i get the opportunity of being present on that platform as binod choudhury from nepal yeah so that nepal factor mm. which always travels with me always gives me the distinction of most of the time being on the only one yeah on that platform yeah there may be 50 from india and 100 from china and 200 from us but there is only one binod choudhury from nepal and i can tell you mm. i can tell you that no matter what they say i think the the the, the in india sometimes it's painful when we find that not always the nepalese uh, do not always get a very fair kind of a treatment mm-hmm. at all levels okay particularly the people who serve in in a uh, service sector okay but i think they have to uh, to realize that the whole world loves nepal Nepal is a country which is highly respected. Mm. People are fascinated. The country has always remained one of the top five countries in the list of people who want to visit Nepal once in their lifetime. 
and Nepalese people have, by and large, by and large, Nepalese people have been able to establish the reputation of honest, sincere, hardworking people who remain loyal. Mm. So I think these qualities work. So I think I think maybe I've given a very long answer to a short question. Yes, network is extremely important. So um, a lot of people confuse uh, spirituality with giving up on the wealth. And uh, in the hindsight, I see some of the most successful business people in this planet today are deeply invested in spirituality. What is spirituality for you? And what role has it played in your business? You know, spirituality, my guru, Sri Sri Ravi Shankarji, he has taught me a very important lesson that the life has to be complete. Okay? Without the right degree of spiritual balance, okay, the life can never be complete. It cannot be fulfilled. It's like he gives that example mm. that to wear a beautifully stitched cloth press on you, it requires cutting on one hand and chewing on the other hand. So the, your special, your materialistic needs does the cutting part and your spiritual need or the, your spiritual journey puts it back. That's the most beautiful thing that I have heard, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So that's what spirituality is all about. Mm. You need the right bend of mutual spirituality in your life. Mm. And ever since my gurus come to my life, not only my life, my own life, my own, my entire family's life has qualitatively changed. And that in turn, let me tell you, has also changed our professional life. Mm. Because a happy man with a balanced mind, okay? And we had, I think, close to be talking at the time of the World Yoga Day, right? Yeah. I mean, you're seeing a lots of yoga-related uh, posts in the, in the social media. And I think the whole world is beginning to realize it's so beautiful. I've heard Nirvana, your son, starting his first business where he said, my dad told me that, hey, you know what? Figure it out on your own. Figure it out how you can build a business on your own. And earlier you mentioned about I hope and planning it, the business in such a way that it lasts more than three generations. So how are you preparing the next generation at CZ to continue this legacy so that maybe other entrepreneurs listening to this uh, or the parents, entrepreneur parents listening to this and would like to pass on the knowledge to their kids. Is there something that they can learn from? It's a very important uh, part of my, I think, responsibility. Okay, because everybody, nobody, nobody wants to lose what you've made with great amount of effort. Yeah. It's up to you as a father or and as well as, as a leader of the organization, which you've been part of building, to inspire your kids as much you inspire the rest of the organization mm. and your 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 associates, your customers, your stakeholders, right? A leader, if you cannot inspire your own children mm. to follow that path, how, what the hell you are going to inspire anybody else? I think according to me, there is something wrong in that. You know, I, I do not uh, necessarily say that all of them were born with the same level of entrepreneurship, with mm. the same level of commitment, with the same level of hardworking capability. It all came with the passage of time. Everybody has different inbuilt lifestyle, interest in life, you know, character. But you can you can bend, you can mold if you persistently work towards a particular goal. And more importantly, if you sow them 
that that particular goal and destiny is more important to you than to me. Mm. I've already accomplished what I needed to come accomplish. Okay? Yeah, it's yeah. now your turn. Mm. Okay, and these things don't come on a silver platter, and this is where I connect what Nirvana says when he was working, when he was studying in London. So he had to work. Mm. He worked while he was a student, and I think that he he talk, talks about that particular experience with great sense of respect, yeah. pride. I have seen that. I've heard that. Yeah. So 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 I think a blend of uh, providing the right kind of direction as a father as a leader to be able to guide them to the point where they see for themselves at the end of the day it has to be you who have to see yeah to see for themselves that that's where you want to be and you know one thing the last i my finishing line for this particular question would be that nothing succeeds like success and nothing you enjoy in life more than success beautiful So let us say you are this twenty-year-old young person coming from Kathmandu, or let's say any you know smaller city from India today. If you were to start today with all the knowledge that you have, and you were starting out today, what would you do? I will get on. I'll do precisely what the generation of today, the you know the bright people who I see signing. Out in the next twenty years' time, doing you know, thinking all the time of an idea which is going to be so powerful, okay, which is going to be, which is going to transform, which is going to transform something, mm. and it is easy. It is easy because today's world is a world of connecting things, mm-hmm. connecting demand with supply. Yeah, you can be an intermediary if B and B. Can become the world's largest hotelier without owning one room, one hotel room. Okay, if you Uber can be the world's largest taxi operator without owning one car, you can be probably sitting somewhere and connecting the two worlds, or connecting to the demand with supply, or connecting an idea to solve somebody's problem, or connecting something. I will be doing something like that, and I think I there is nothing. Let me tell you that. Today to be less than thirty is the biggest advantage. And you ask me the question at twenty. Okay? Yeah. To be the less than thirty is the biggest advantage ever in the history of this universe. Because today you are surrounded by the most advanced technology mm. to connect, to search, to find what is happening, who is doing what, what are the success stories, blah 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 blah. Secondly, you can. Access information within seconds. You don't have to go to a library. In our time, we had to go to the library to look for a book or look for a professor to tell us, give us information. Thirdly, if I have that great idea to reach out to the startups, to venture capitalists, people who support entrepreneurs, incubators. I mean, you know, you talk of whatever mm. or state-owned sponsored funds, colleges which are thriving on these kind of ideas. It's all there. It's all there in that little gadget in your hand. What it takes is your own inner commitment mm. and that fire in your belly. You know, I tell that is why I tell my boys that one wish that I'll have to leave this world with unfulfilled will be that I could not be born as my own son. Otherwise, I would show you guys. 
That's amazing, beautifully put. So I have one last question before I ask that question. I would like to acknowledge you for everything that you are doing. And for the listeners who are listening to this, uh, grab the copy of Making It Big. I have read it twice. And every single time I read that book, there's a lot to learn from a lot of. And, and I think the book is honest as it can get, as candid as it is, because you will see all the flaws, you will see all the mistakes that you have made and also the lessons that you have learned along the way. I'll link that up in the description of this episode. Please check that out. Now, here's the last question. Imagine that you're standing on the stage and this is the largest stadium that has ever been built in the history of the world and there are millions and millions of people on that stadium. And there you are on the stage and you have been given only one minute of the time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life. What would be your message? Uh, the most important lesson that I've learned in my life is A, believing in yourself that there is a solution to every problem. Mm -hmm. So long you are honest to your cause. Okay? So long you are mentally prepared to not give up until you've achieved your ultimate goal. I'm going to say that people who stand by their values, stand by their thoughts, stand by their commitments, stand by their goals. Thank you so much. Your story has definitely inspired a lot of young people like myself, follow the dreams and especially the background that you come from and uh, just gives, tells a lot of young people and tell them like, hey, you know what, if Dr. Binod can make it happen, then I can as well. Uh, thank you so much for inspiring a lot of young people. That's precisely what I was trying to say. And that's a very famous quote from me, hmm. which I to told to the students in a convocation program, follow your dream. Yeah. Follow your dream and do not stop dreaming. But be careful that you are dreaming the same dream every day until you have achieved that dream. Mm. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inspiring Talk podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, or wherever you get your podcast from. We have a library of more than 100 episodes of the show. Make sure that you check the past episodes as well. And if you'd like to send me a voice note, you can do so by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash speak. That is S-P-E-A-K. Also, you can access the show notes of this episode by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 118. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring. <laughs>